Hey there, and welcome to the Rock Reavers podcast. Here we are all about believing and proclaiming the word. We're totally given to true worship and obedient in taking the gospel to the nations through missions. Thank you so much for tuning in. We hope that you'll be blessed by this message. You can just tell your neighbor politely, Joshua is in the Old Testament. You're on the wrong side of the Bible, neighbor. You need to go on the left side. Joshua chapter 2. Amen. We're going to read together from verse... We'll read from verse 1 to verse 10. One more time. Joshua chapter 2, verse 1 to verse 10. Amen. All right. 3, 2, 1, go. Even Jericho. And they went... was told the king Jericho, saying, Behold, there came men hither tonight of the children of Israel to search out the country. And the men pursued after them in the way of Jordan unto the fords. And as soon as they which pursued after them were gone out, they shut the gate. And before they were laid down, she came unto, unto them upon the roof. And she said unto them, We have given you this land, and your terror has fallen upon us. And all the inhabitants of the land faint because of you. For we have had oh, the Lord dried up the water. Hmm. Verse eleven. Okay, there's no verse eleven decay. Bundles are over. And as soon our hearts did melt, neither did there remain any more courage in any man because of you. For the Lord your God, he is God. Amen. I just want us to, this morning, look at the keys of Rahab. Look, tell your neighbor the keys of Rahab. I am excited because we are getting ready for rivers at one. Praise the Lord. 
my goodness, that who is so weak. <laughs> Let me try this. I think they're on this side. I am excited as we get ready to celebrate rivers at one. Amen. Amen. It is a testament of what God can do when we respond by obedience. Are you going to come? Will you come? Do you promise us to come? Will you be there? Will you come with your, with your parents and with your friends? Will you come with your landlord? <laughs> will you come with your employer, somebody? Amen. You can summon all the witches. We will be slaughtering witches that day. You can summon the witches to come also. Amen. So I'm really excited at what God has done and what God is doing. And we continue to get ready to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. It is the best time to be alive, somebody. Praise the Lord. It is the best time to be alive. God is doing something in this city. Did you see 70,000 people gather last week? Ah, are you jealous? Did you see 70,000 people gather for God's glory? I can't hear celebration in this house. I can't hear. Listen to me. When, when you begin to celebrate God for what he's doing in the land, there is possibility that it will enter your house also. Amen. How can you attract what you don't celebrate? Praise the Lord. <laughs> ah, praise the Lord. How do I know that God is doing it? We saw it last week. Amen. If you were to count one up to 70,000, it will take you a long time. Praise the Lord. It will take you a very long time if you are to count one, two, three, up to 70. If, of course, assuming that you know how to count, yeah? It will take a mighty long time. So we bless the Lord for what he did last week in this city. It's a testament that God's hand is in our nation. Amen. It's a testament that God's hand is in our nation. And I'm getting ready to see the things of God in our life. When you look at the book of Ephesians chapter 1 verse 17, Paul makes a prayer that is regarded one of the most important prayers of the New Testament. He says, brethren, when I heard of your faith, I do not cease to make mention of you, praying for you, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, will give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation. Then he qualifies it, that the spirit of wisdom and revelation is primarily for the knowledge of him, that God in dealing with us, his key purpose and his key prospect is to open up our eyes that we may be able to see him clearly. That the primary purpose of the gospel, every time we subject our souls to the exposition of God's word, is that we may see Jesus Christ. That the primary purpose of the gospel is not to reveal to us plans and or principles or precepts or prophecy. That the primary purpose of the gospel is to reveal to us a person that we may be able to see Jesus clearly. If there's one prayer that you must always make, even when you're out of prayer points, is that Jesus, open up my eyes that I may be able to see you and to see you clearly. It is very important that we realize and appreciate that the central purpose of God's counsel is to reveal to us Jesus Christ. One author brought us to the book of Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 2 where scripture says, fixing your eyes unto Jesus, the author and perfecter of your faith, 
There's a scholar by the name Elliot who wrote on that scripture and said, it is not a momentary visitation of the person of Jesus Christ. It is a nailing of your eyes on the cross that I have forever put my eyes on Jesus Christ. Can you see him this morning? I ask, can you see him this morning? That God is saying, I wrote my word that you may be able to see me and to see me clearly. The whole purpose of the scripture is to reveal Jesus Christ. He said, and of the volume of the books have been written of me. This morning I pray and I'm praying earnestly that God will cause us to see Jesus and to see him clearly. Amen. I said I'm praying for you. Say amen. That God will open up your eyes. That you may be able to see Jesus. And to see Jesus clearly. That it is now true. And it is now our earnest desire. That we can be able to see him on Monday morning. And we can be able to see him on Tuesday morning. And we can be able to see him in our victories. And we can be able to see him also in our defeat. That we can see him when you're on top of the mountain. And we can see him when we are beneath the valley. That Jesus Christ is our singular focus. Paul said, when I came to you, brethren, I determined not to know anything among you but to preach Jesus Christ and him crucified. He said, I determined not to know anything among you because there were issues to be addressed. And there were challenges in the Corinthian church. And there were people who were demon-possessed. You remember Simon? And there are people who needed healings. And there are people who needed resurrection. And there are people who needed to be visited. But Paul said that the primary purpose of the gospel was not necessarily to address our issues, but was to cause us to see him. Because if we can see him, there is no issue that can stand. Because if I can see him this morning, there is no challenge that is too great to the revelation of our Lord Jesus Christ. And that is why I'm excited because of the book of Joshua, because this deals with our journey of salvation. This deals with our transition from being born again to being baptized to coming to a place we are walking in the spirit of God and entering the things that God has called us. In the book of Joshua chapter 1, the children of Israel are preparing to enter a city. Remember, God said, I have made a covenant with you that anywhere you put your foot, there you will conquer. God said, tomorrow get ready, you are going to cross over the Jordan and take the city. But now there is tension because in order to take the city, there has to be a displacement of the Canaanites. And God begins to show us here. That the things that he has called us to do in this life, they will always seem impossible. And they will always seem improbable. The vision of God for our lives is not easy to achieve. Amen. That God is saying, there is going to be battle for us to enter the place that he has called us to do. The promised land had inhabitants. The promised land that God had sworn to the children of Israel had men who had already possessed it. And this is important now because he begins to show us how to take the city. He's showing us here how to enter into purpose. He's showing us here how to enter into relevance. He's showing us here how to possess our possessions. And he says in, in chapter 1, he says, be ready now because tomorrow you will take the city. And child of God, it is important to talk about your dreams. What are you talking about? It is important to talk about your vision. 
He says, prepare yourselves because tomorrow you're going to take the city. Praise the Lord. What are you talking about? What are you dreaming about? What are you singing about? Are you so concerned about the day to day? Or are you given to the things of God? Have you baptized your spirit in the purpose that God has called you to do? There are some of us in this house that God has called to impact orphans. And God has called us to raise a, a children's home. And he spoke to you so clearly five years ago. But it is 15 years later. Yet nothing has moved. What is God calling you to do? There are some of us God has called to build kingdom schools. Where our children will go and learn. Not only science and biology. But also character and anointing. And passion and conviction and boldness. But what are you talking about? What has God called you to do? Listen to me. There is a DNA in the inside of us that causes us and drives us to attempt to take the city. There's no child of God who has been called just to live an ordinary life. Praise the Lord. There's no child of God who has just been called to live an ordinary life. A life that cannot be testified about. A life that cannot be written about. And sometimes the challenge and the, and the temptation is to think, but I am a sinner. Or I am not adequate. Or I don't have the necessary wherewithal. And as today as we examine the Rahab keys, I pray that the Lord will open up your eyes. Now I want you to see clearly what is about to happen. God is saying, I want you to get ready to take the city. I want you to get ready to enter into purpose. Then what he does is, he sends two men. Praise the Lord. Remember, the children of Israel are camping on the eastern side of Jericho, beyond the, the, the river Jordan. And now God sends two people. They come to the house of a harlot. And the operation of this season becomes very interesting because there is now an unlikely introduction of a harlot in the text. And you begin to wonder. I'm, I'm thinking about when the children of Israel who were camped on the east side of Jericho, when the report came back and the two witnesses said, and we entered the city and we entered into the house of an harlot and we spoke to the harlot and the harlot prophesied. Can you imagine that before there was the voice of victory in the, in the camp of Israel, there was the voice of victory in the mouth of an harlot. One author said that he, that harlot then became the first prof, prophetess of the children of Israel in the new land. But follow me closely. That in taking the city, God is careful not to use men that are strong. God is careful not to use men that are established. God is, not, is careful to ensure that the person that midwives the victory was not established as we would have desired. Was not the strongest of them all, but was a harlot. Here is number one key. God uses, no, God works with people who have a past. Amen. Amen. God uses, listen to me. This lady had a past. 
and the past was pronounced. So much was the pronouncement that she was called Rahab the harlot. And even the authors of the New Testament in, in receiving revelation concerning this lady could not drop her name despite what she has done. That this was Rahab the harlot. God deals with men who have a past. And sometimes what is holding us back is what we did yesterday. And there's a condemnation in our spirit about what you did five years ago. And there are whispers in your mind and in your life about the things that you did ten years ago. And the challenge is sometimes even the witnesses around you are careful enough to remind you, constantly reminding you what you did and why you're not qualified because of what you did. I came to announce a message this morning that the devil is a liar. God uses people with the past. That it doesn't matter how bleak that past is. It doesn't matter how pronounced that past is. It doesn't matter. For some of us, that past was yesterday night. But I come to announce a message this morning. That God uses men with the past. Amen. What is that that is holding you behind? Causing condemnation upon your spirit. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 5. God shows us here the blueprint of salvation. He shows us here what salvation does. And this is important. He says that if any man be in Christ. If any man. That includes the adulterer. That includes the fornicator. That includes the liar. That includes the thief. That includes them that had rejected God. He said if any man is in Christ. The first thing that happens to the man that comes to Jesus Christ is that God makes them new. And I want to make an announcement this morning. God is making us new again. Amen. God is making us new again. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. All things are passed away. That God is careful enough to say, listen, when you come and interact with me, I am making you a new person. And all things are passed away. All things are passed away. All things. Somebody said, I've been wanting to move forward, but I, but, but I am a divorcee. No. All things are passed away. New things are coming. Amen. That the past is not reason enough for you not to forge forward and to engage with the things of God and to walk in the purposes of God for your life. God brings to us a harlot. Listen, Isaiah said, come, let us reason together. Isaiah chapter 1 verse 18. He says, though your skin, though your sin be as red as scarlet, Indeed, I, the Lord, will make them as white as snow. And God sent me this morning to give you a, a, a message. And that message is, your past is gone. Amen. Your past is gone. Amen. That thing you did 10 years ago has been crucified on the cross by our Lord Jesus Christ. Romans chapter 8 verse 1. Scripture says, there is therefore now no condemnation. Any condemnation that is in your spirit, may the blood of Jesus break you this morning. Amen. The Greek word for condemnation is kataginosko. What does that mean? It means then that there is no relationship between the born-again child and their past. There has been a cessation of the umbilical of the you of today and your past. Amen. I don't care if you have evidence of what I did last year, but I came to make an announcement this morning that the past does not matter. Amen. 
And now, let me give you authority to cast every voice that lifts up their self to remind you of your past. Amen. That is why you need to vet your relationship and to check them by the standard of the scripture. Those people in your life who are very keen to tell you about where you're coming from, who are very keen to tell you about why you, why you are not qualified, who are very keen to tell you why it will not work for you, because you we know. Don't we know you? Concerning Jesus, they said in Matthew chapter 13, verse 54, and who is this man? Is, he, is this not the carpenter's son? Isn't his brother James and Joseph? What are you talking about? God said, your past does not matter. Amen. I said your past does not matter. Amen. Anything that has been your past that has been whispering in your ears causing you to doubt the plans and purposes of God for you, here is the key for you. God uses men with the past. Amen. God uses men with the past. God uses men with the past. Jesus resurrects. Doesn't appear to anybody else. I thought he would appear to Peter. I thought he would appear to James and John. But he appears to the murderer, Saul. And he says, why do you kick against the bricks? That Jesus Christ, after he was exalted, the first person he appears to after he's gone, after he's, after, after he's resurrected and gone to heaven, is Saul. Amen. There's a message here. And the message is this, that to rise up and take the purposes of God, God uses people with a past. God uses people with God uses people with the past. And now you see the two witnesses enter into Rahab's house and there is conversation. And Rahab begins to speak to them. And she says that indeed, let me read for you here what she says. She says, and the king. And the woman took the two men and hid them and said, There came men unto me, but I wist not where they are. This is what she told the king. And then she begins to speak concerning what God has done in verse 8. And before they were laid down, she came up unto them upon the roof. And she said unto them, I know that the Lord giveth you the land. I know that the Lord giveth you the land. And your terror has fallen upon us, she said. And all of the inhabitants of the land faint because of you. For we have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea when you came out of Egypt. And when he did unto two kings of Amorites, he says, and Jordan, Sihon, and Og, whom he utterly destroyed. Look at verse 12. Now therefore I pray you, swear unto me by the Lord, since I have shown you kindness, that you will also show kindness unto my father's house and give me a true token. That is verse 12. And because of somebody with the past, not only was she preserved, but her family was also preserved. That this person, Rahab, the harlot, not only did she get preserved herself, but also her family got preserved. And there are some of us this morning, God is saying, get over your past because the preservation of your family is so important and is so urgent, but it is dependent upon you rising up from that miry clay. Arise from the tears of yesterday. 
Arise from the challenges. Arise from the mistakes of yesterday. Arise from the challenges and the problems and the wrong definition that happened in the yesteryears. Because the preservation of your family is counting on it. That if Rahab looked down unto herself and said, I'm just but a hoe. How could God ever use somebody like me? How could God ever transact with somebody? How could God ever save somebody like me? And I wonder and wonder with me for a minute. You do know about that uncle of yours who, who is a drunk. And whatever they say is not regarded. When they call you, you don't even pick the phone. And you know about that small brother of yours who has been called the black sheep of the house. Can you imagine with me for a second when Rahab called her family to come? That which was regarded an embarrassment to that family. Can you imagine? The, the one who was called the black sheep of the house. The one who was regarded as an embarrassment. The one who was regarded as an outskirt. The one who was regarded as a disadvantage to the name of this family. That's where God's hand is. And she called them to her house. Think with me for a minute. Would you go? Canaanites were heathens. They didn't believe in God. And now the harlot Rahab called them. And every time God's instruction is upon a man, authority quickly follows. That before this time, she would call them and they would never come. They didn't even want to be associated with them. But despite the past, God said, because of my hand upon her now, authority has come. And there are things that we must begin dealing with in our families in the name of Jesus. And God is saying this morning that because of his hand upon our lives, we can begin walking in dimensions of authority. But I want to show you here a second key today. Not only does God use somebody with the past, but also God uses and redefines somebody with the past. I want to show you something interesting. That God is so keen on dealing with people who have pasts and people who think they are not qualified for it. That he said, okay, fine. I know you are in a hurry to forget Rahab. I know you are in a hurry to forget what I showed you in that, in that place. But I want, you to show, to, I want you to show you something in the book of Matthew chapter 1. Because I know you are in a hurry. I know you want to, you are tempted to say that this was a one-off. Of course, they could have met anybody. But God said, I want to now demonstrate to you that I am serious with individuals who have passed. I am serious with individuals who feel inadequate. I am serious with individuals who have been ostracized and have been set apart and have been called names and have been told nothing will ever rise up from their lives. I want to show you something in the book of Matthew chapter 1 and this deals with the genealogy of Jesus Christ. Look at this. From verse 3, and Judas begat Phares and Zara and Martha, and Phares begat Esrom, and Esrom begat Aram. Talking about the genealogy of Christ, verse 4, and Aram begat Aminadab, and Aminadab begat Nashon, and Nashon begat Salmon, and Salmon begat Boaz. Of who? Rahab. Listen, God is not far from where you are. 
He entrenches Rahab in the genealogy of Jesus Christ. He entrenches her inside there. Concerning men of faith. Because you could have said, you know, God is a God of grace. Fine, he has now put Rahab in the genealogy of Jesus Christ. Concerning the men of faith. Come with me to the book of Hebrews. Chapter 11, I want to show you the redefinition, the redefinition that every time God, you are in God's hand and you begin to move with him by faith, there has to be God redefines those with the past. Look at verse 37. Hmm. No, let's take it from verse 29. By faith they passed through the Red Sea as by dry land, which Egyptians are saying to do were drowned. By faith the walls of Jericho fell down after they were compassed about seven days. By faith the hallowed Rahab perished not. But even the, the writer of the book of Hebrews said, I'm not, I'm not redefining her. But faith she had. There are only two women in the book of Hebrews chapter 11, that are in the hallmarks of faith. And Rahab is there. Amen. Let me make a declaration. Your name will be mentioned. I said your name will be mentioned. I said your name will be mentioned. Amen. That despite her past, despite the weakness that defined her, despite her sin that was so obvious, that was known nationwide, God said, listen, Daniel, the one who shut the, the mouth of lions, did not make it to the hall of faith. Can you imagine? Daniel, Jeremiah did not make it to the hall of faith. It is the hall, my goodness. It is the hall of Rahab that made it to the hall of faith. That is called redefinition. That God can take your hedge for hoe and make it heroine. Amen. He can redefine you. Praise the Lord. He can redefine. He can redefine you. That what called People called prostitute. God called prophetess. Amen. God can redefine you this morning. Amen. Amen. That where I've said, where what people called failure, God can call fantastic. Amen. A man, a woman with the past in the hand of God is a champion. And I came this morning to remind you, child of God, that there is victory in the inside of you and you are going to take the city. You are past notwithstanding. Have you met these people who they are living in the, in, in the, in the past, in the yesterday years of your life? They have refused to, to believe and to relate with the you of today. Their focus is relating with the you of yesterday. And they are very quick to remind you why you are not able to do it, why you are not able to rise up. They are very quickly to remind you, to list for you the disadvantages of the region you are coming from. God said, I am with you and I am redefining your life today. Amen. God redefines those with the past. I love God because the definition of grace is that God is able and I am unable. That is, a that is the essence of grace. The essence of grace is that there is an ability gradient and we are on the lower side of that gradient. The essence of grace is that God is above and I'm on earth. But grace is such that I am able. Now, let me demonstrate it further. Look at the book of John chapter 4. Scripture talks about the Samaritan woman. Now, Jesus Christ is walking with his disciples. 
And scripture says, at noonday, he exits from his disciples and goes to the well. Now, if you read something, if you, if you have studied something about the Hebrew culture, you will realize that usually on a normal day, women will go and take water either early morning or late evening. But here comes the Samaritan woman at midday when the sun is hottest. She has been ostracized by society so much so that even her labors are painful labors. She cannot go early in the morning because they will say, you are married to five husbands, depart from our presence. And if there is a woman with a past, and if there is a woman with a disadvantage, a character that is not, you know, uh, liable, or a character that is not a good foundation to be used of the Lord, it is this woman. And at noonday, she lonely goes by herself to fetch water. A woman of five husbands, one author said, ostracized, talked down upon, called all manner of names. And Jesus appears to her. And they have this course. And I ask myself a question. Jesus, you had 12 strong men. You had Peter. You had James. You had John. Even Judas, the finance guy, was there as well. Why couldn't you send them down the hill? Jesus said, no, I need somebody with a past. Yeah. Ah, I want somebody who has been ostracized. I want somebody who has been spoken about. I want somebody who has been talked about. I don't know about you, but it's a very painful thing to be talked about. Because it's a one-way jury. They will make the case, and they will pass the judgment, and they will incarcerate you wickedly. Oh, God, punish the devil. And you will come to a place, and stories will be told of you, and you will be like, okay, then what did I do next? Then what did I do next? Oh my God, that I'm such a weak, my one manner of wickedness is this. You don't understand gossip. I don't know if you've ever been talked about. And they say, no manner of, you said me. I did all those. Oh God. Chai. Hey. Okay. We need Jesus. And Jesus appears to the Samaritan woman. I'm like, Jesus. Peter. The man who slaughtered somebody's ear. You should have sent the man down the city. You would have summoned the whole city or slaughtered them. Jesus said, no. I want to deal with somebody with the past. And they begin having discourse with the Samaritan woman. And there is everything wrong with that conversation. Because at that time, the culture was that you could not talk to a man at that time. Especially who is not your husband. There is every, he broke all manner of protocol and begins to speak to this woman. Now, he didn't call for the transformation of the woman. Can you imagine? Grace for grace. He says, go down the city and tell them of the good news. That even when I'm limping, Jehovah can use me. Amen. That there is no vision that God has given us that is waiting for our perfection to engage. That there is no calling that God has placed in the inside of our hearts that is waiting for our perfection, for us to engage. And Jesus uses the Samaritan woman. 
What was the reputation of Rahab in Israel? Scripture says they were give, she was given three reputations. Number one, she was called the harlot Rahab. A harlot. Number two, they started calling her the liar Rahab. The reason is, when they asked her about the two witnesses, she said, I don't know about them. Number three, she was called the Canaanite woman. Now, I want to explain to you something here. That Canaanites were the arch enemies of Israel. They were the arch enemies of Israel. But God has a way of preserving people. That God called her the harlot, the liar, the Canaanite. In fact, chapter 6 of Joshua said that Rahab the harlot and her family were brought in the midst of Israel. And began to mingle with the people of God. And that is how she found her husband, got a son, Boaz. From where we can trace the lineage of Jesus Christ. See God. See God. See God. This is truly the God of impossibility. That number one, God uses people with a past. And number two, God redefines people with a past. That God is so gracious that not only does he redefines her, but he ensures. You know, God is saying, you want to know my family? Do you want to know? Can I reveal to you my family? My family is Rahab. Amen. My fam That's what God is saying this morning. You want to know my family? Yes, my family is Rahab. My family is the Samaritan woman. You want to know my family? Yes, my family is Rahab the harlot. That is my family. God is with them that are weak. It doesn't matter where you are this morning. Right there, God is with you. Amen. David said, where will I run from your presence? Even when I lay my bed in hell, there your presence is with me. And that's a message of the undying, relentless, aggressive, unstoppable love of God. That God loves us so much. Paul puts it better in Romans chapter 5 verse 6. That while we were yet without strength. That before I could move, before I could make the decision, God was already moving. Amen. And I want to, say, to encourage us this morning. What is it that God has called you to do? Before you found the strength to do it, God is already doing it. And we are getting ready to align ourselves to enter into the things that God has called us to do. Amen. I want us to get ready to pray. Let me just read for us here one scripture. Let's go to the book of James. The book of James, chapter 2, verse 25, as we get ready to pray. Amen. James, chapter 2. Likewise also, ha, likewise also, was not Rahab the harlot justified by works when she had received the messengers and had sent them out any other way? Go to verse 26. For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. The book of James gives us only two faith heroes. One is Abraham. The other one is Rahab. Praise the Lord. Are you seeing that? 
that is called redefinition. That when you are in a hurry to forget her, God brings her to Matthew. When you try to discredit that one, he brings her to Hebrews. When you refuse Hebrews, when you come to read James, she is there also. Have you ever heard that scripture by, by the mouth of three witnesses shall a matter be established? Are in those three witnesses. Listen to me and listen to me good. Your past is gone. Amen. Your yesterday is gone. Join God's strength and God's grace to enter into your redefinition and seize the city. Let us rise up and pray. Thank you for sticking into the end. We hope you are blessed by this message. Follow us for more of these messages when new episodes drop and make sure to rate us so that more people can find out about us. Bye-bye.